Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into Mogul Talk, a podcast that serves as a canvas for entrepreneurs to share their triumphs and struggles on their journey to becoming the moguls of tomorrow. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode. Mogul Talk, uh, talk, talk. <laughs> Yo, first and foremost, RIP DMX. Shout out to the Rough Rider. Shout out to Swiss Beats. Shout out to New York. You know, he is a anointed individual who unfortunately, like, you know, struggled with all the uh, substance abuse that he had, but he really literally changed the game. And for anyone you know, who's young, and I'm considered in this as well because, you know, he pretty much uh, held the 90s down. You really can't uh, feel the influence that he had unless you were in that era, born in that era and lived through the times where he dropped two albums in one year, you know, because he was so hungry or the times when he was not getting paid by the label. And so he decided to do movies so he could, so the label wouldn't get any money. You know, DMX was an icon and to this day was creating viral moments, even when it comes to the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer um, singing that shit. So you RIP to DMX because he really is an icon and he transcends music, transcends life. Anywhere around the world, they'll know who he is. And it also, you can see clearly from that Woodstock video that he has where it's always DMX performing in front of the entire world. Like that goes to show that DMX was a beast that, you know, cannot be tamed. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. to a real one. Yo, honestly, you know, we're not wasting any time when it comes to the show. We're getting right into it. And like Church said, R.I.P. DMX. I think that for the culture and where we are, you know, um, obviously this past year has been very numbing. Um, and we've kind of grown to not feel so hard when we lose somebody because the worst if they would say has already happened right it's happened in our personal lives it's happened to us professionally it's happened to us with our goats we're seeing people leave like a kobe last year you know um to see dmx go definitely heartbreaking and the way that he went out you know just the conversation that the outsiders that aren't a part of the culture have about dmx passing and you know their thoughts on you know his drug drug addiction and what that meant for him you know my only thought process is nobody understands how hard it is um to be to battle an addiction nobody understands how hard it is to overcome that addiction um multiple times and still try to say that you're making it and do that and it be in a public eye and amidst all the scrutiny and all the difficulties that DMX had, you know, he really stood strong. And I, I, in my personal opinion, and just the people that I've chopped it up around this conversation, it's really like, it doesn't matter the way he went. Right. And I, I, I watched that Noriega um, interview with him and he was just like, yo, if I was to drop dead tomorrow, like I've lived a good life, you know, I missed all the struggles and difficulties that he faced he felt like he lived a good life. And I think that for me personally, I'm definitely coming more to terms with death and the idea of death. And I think a lot of us who are living look at death as our finality, right? And it's true. 
you're no longer here on this earth, but it's the beginning of new life. And, you know, DMX's spirituality spoke through um, anybody who he talked to, anybody that you um, who knew him personally, even the people who saw him on social media. Right. Remember Sunday service Coachella, the prayer that he did, he was going around with Kanye and just doing prayers before the shows. He was preaching on Instagram. He was preaching on Twitter. He was on YouTube doing videos, you know, talking about God's word and praying like you know, it does not matter uh, what you do because his impact is definitely going to be felt forever. Um, but they always going to honor and respect his spirituality and what that meant amidst going through that stuff. Like it's it's very difficult, and to be addicted to drugs and face all these issues, and you're still like faithful, and you know that God has a plan for you and you trust in the process and you trust in his will and trust in his way. And it's like, yo, that's the truth of the human experience, right? We all come short. We all come short of the glory of God, but he still loves us. And we are still here to tell the story. And while you're here and you're living, you have breath in your body and you still got the opportunity to tell that story. That's what makes a difference. Absolutely, man. And you know, Nas said it best, uh, a baby is born the same time a man is murdered the beginning and end. It is a cycle that we do live. One thing that I uh, didn't like also is that every time, you know, when DMX first got into that coma from the, I believe it was a heart attack, everybody was like, I'm not surprised. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, I wasn't surprised either, but it was still messed up. Like, it's still fucked up that DMX was going to that. And then so when he did die, people were like, oh, like, wow, fine. Like, not finally, but like, oh, I, I'm not surprised. Like, it was going to happen. Um, Yeah, we all knew that, but still, it, it doesn't mitigate the pain you know it doesn't lessen the blow that everybody was feeling and um he wasn't one of my favorite rappers but i know that he had he was on people's top fives and people say that if you're you're not a real hip-hop fan unless dmx is on your top 10 you don't really don't know hip-hop unless he is on your top 10 that's what people say so i know his influence uh shattered everything mm -hmm. um it his influence shattered so much that people forgot about prince andrews or prince philip whatever prince his name is died you know he died the same day yeah, like nobody's yeah. I'm sure they're tight. I'm sure they're so tight that a black man um overtook the media uh sensation for you know the death. But and there's a video also of Charlemagne like on the street, they're talking about DMX and he was like, Yo, he's an icon. If he dies if he dies today, like he will be trending number one on Twitter. Um and it's and it's a fact, like he was that beast. Um DMX also, you know, he pretty much tied himself with uh, Murder, Inc. and, like, Irv Gotti and Ja Rule and uh, Swiss Beats. Like, the people he was around are legends, too, you know? And Swiss Beats, you know, uh, transitioned True. to Swiss Beats, one of the best modern moguls of our time. Um, him and Timberland are killing it, you know, with when it comes to verses. And simple idea that just rose up when, back, I think, in, like, 2005, 2006, Swiss Beats on Summer Jam brought out Kanye, and they had a back-and-forth battle. You could watch the YouTube now. The video on youtube now and it's uh hella crazy and then in like 2019 i went to summer jam where swiss beats was performing and he brought out timbaland that day and they did a battle back and forth and honestly swiss beats like beat him in my opinion like maybe because we were in new york uh and we just had that bias but swiss beats was going crazy and you know with uh covid that they decided to put it on instagram swiss versus timbaland and and it's crazy because they they were like I I remember that day because I was on Twitter and they were like Yo Timberland's on Instagram um, with Swiss Beats and I think they like 
Tim Lin was playing beats on his live, and then he added Swiss beats to his live. Then they were playing beats back and forth, and it was going until like four or five o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time, like here. Um, and I, I I stood up and watched it, and I was like, "Yo, this is literally like." unbelievable that like something of this magnitude happened and like you look at verses and look at how many opportunities have come out of verses right um that first it started off verses by themselves then they yeah. got Ciroc partnership the, and they got the Apple production Music. value was low as hell in the beginning you know it's just <laughs> it started off with them like not having really good sound and audio quality. They were playing the audio in speakers in the same room, and you were like struggling you can't even to hear, hear the, the songs. Song. Like that's when they was doing the gospel, the gospel verses, like Fred, Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin, Hezekiah Walker, and everything. And then it was the very first one with Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin, where Kirk Franklin brought people to the same studio. And they were doing that. And then that's when they got the partnership with Apple Music. And it was streaming on Apple Music. And you were able to watch it. And then production value stepped up. And then they started doing the most, right? They were uh, struggling to get there on time. It was on CP time. Everything that came with it. But they had some really good verses. And honestly, one of the best verses with DMX. Legendary. And um, I, was, I was so intrigued and happy to see um, them reshare that whole live and gave people the opportunity to just watch it again and watch the magnitude of how important it is and honestly even up to date you know um with the most recent one with earth wind and fire you know it was so beautiful and i just really think about what versus provides it provides an opportunity for our legends in our community to show off you know what i mean like give them their flowers while they're here like you think of dmx like i'm so glad he got those flowers when we did the verses in the midst of a pandemic people appreciated his work and his music like you think of all the artists that go on who don't get their flowers until long after they're they're they've passed on and you know to see earth wind and fire isley brothers go back and forth um it was truly beautiful truly beautiful what what the, what they've created with this platform the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and Fire one was definitely a celebration that they put on. Um, and they're all celebrations, you know. I think the first uh, single camera uh, versus was actually Bounty Killer and a B-Man. And they were in, like, Jamaica. And then in Jamaica, like, you can't really make that much yeah. loud music, loud noise without, like, a permit or something like that. And they were going crazy in the living room. And the police came and they're like, yo, what are you doing? You can't have this. And then uh, I think Bouncy Killer was like, yo, we have like 500,000 people watching right now. Don't be that guy. Like right on live, like while the cops are in there, mad funny. And then they just kept going. And people said that that one, I didn't watch it. I just saw the clips. But people said that one was like super duper lit. Like at the time, it like superseded everything. And that's what I see them continue to do, topping each one, one after another. They even went so as far as getting Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy. Gucci Mane, who killed Young Jeezy's boy and then made a song about it, and then even performed that song neck in front of Young Jeezy. And uh, Young Jeezy still, like, uh, extended the olive branch, which is wild. Like, if you were in 2005, you would think these two guys in the same room, they would kill each other. Um, would never be. I mean, if you look at um, Ashanti yes, and yes, Keisha yes. Cole, you know, like, perfect example. Like, the pairings are so, like, dope. I, 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 like, I'm just like, when you think about it, and then it's like, 
people start to have conversations about who they want to see in verses, like who some of their favorite artists. Like I think uh, we got coming up Method Man and Red Man next week. Um, and then I think there's uh, who else is lined up? Uh, we just had what our Rick Horn yep, Chef yep. and Ghostface Killer recently. Um, they got SWV and Escape versus Escape. And, and honestly, I'm going to just sit here and say thank you to Versus for sharing the kid, okay? <laughs> because not only did you give them an opportunity, you gave the kid an opportunity, all right? I was so geeked on that day when I looked at my phone and I was like, yo, you're lying that Swiss Beat shared my so video. Like, you're, you're, we could not make this up. So wild. Like, me and Kevin were texting about it, and it was, we were just like, yo, like, he legitimately had to go in your Instagram profile to see this whole video. And I'm like, and he had to have liked ass, it. And he, honestly, he had to have loved it. Think about all the shit. He probably sees it all the time. Then he heard that and was like, yo, what the hell? And that's what I love to see, because, you know, you've been doing your, uh, uh, doing your tracks every Friday. Um, for a few weeks now, like a few months, and it goes to show you that consistency is key. You know, that's like the Russ method where he put out a song every week for like three years, and then now he's put on, you know, Andrew Schultz put out a joke every week, a new joke every week, and on YouTube, and it ended up being, he now he's a bigger comedian, you know. The, that consistency and that work ethic is what will put you on top, and um, that goes the same with verses itself, yeah. you know. When it comes to timing and execution, that's how you can have a great product because they ended up selling um, the product to Triller and connecting with Apple Music. And then now even Peloton. And now they have commercials of Peloton where everyone is riding their bike and the first Peloton is going to be uh, Brandy versus, um, I forgot, who's Brandy? Who did Brandy verse? Monica. Monica. That was a crazy versus. That one had yo. memes. Brandy and Monica, they hate each <laughs> other, bro. Yo, he be, they be connecting. Oh they be, they be uh, severing, not severing ties, but... Healing, healing. But you know what I love too is they're no true. They they are healing and and they are taking the Jay Z title approach, which I love with this new partnership that they have with Triller is that all the participants in the verses from now going forward and even the ones in the past, um, they are getting yes. an equity share in Triller as a company. So it's like. We're giving them their flowers. They're getting an opportunity in COVID because let's be honest, most of these people that are in the verses, they're not saying not saying that they're washed up, but they're definitely further along in their careers where they're making a, most of their money, not off of music that they're creating now, but older music. So they go on tours with this music. Um, they travel the world with this music. So because of the pandemic, they're not able to do that. So how is it a way where you can find yourself um, making some money um, consistently? And it's like, hey, you know what? Let me not let me do verses. I'm gonna get a check. I'm going to get an equity share in a company that's making money and then just let it cake up. Simple as that. And that's what what they did with um, Title. Remember the inaugural title, um, you know, a launch where like Kanye, Madonna, Beyonce, Dead Mouse, um, and all of them was, Nikki, I think, was on stage. Lil Wayne. Um, yeah, yeah and that was like, and people yep. kind of um, didn't like that because, you know, Jay-Z was like, oh, we're putting more money to the artists. And, you know, on the face, it's like, Oh, you just care about these top people. But in the end, Tidal ended up being the streaming service that gives you the best royalty. Um, and he was thinking about the artist. Like, yo, I'm going to give you a piece of this um, because all the white people are getting making money off of you. I want you to make money off your own product. You know, 
you have PMB Rock who um, wants to buy out, get, and this happens to every rapper when you know they're not as hot anymore, but they want to um get uh get out of their label and buy their own contract because, but the label's not going to let them because they uh didn't fulfill the entire contract. The money they got in the beginning of that ten million dollar deal is just a loan that you have to recoup. And um, but if you have your if you own your shit, you're not gonna have to worry about that. You're not gonna have to um make sure that the label gets their money first, and you have to get the crumbs. And so, uh, it is a, and it, it is awesome that Jay Z was doing that. And people was clowning Jay Z like, oh wow, another streaming service. Oh yo, you're gonna charge me fifteen dollars? Oh twenty dollars? Like what the hell? Um, but Tidal ends up having the best high high five fidelity um audio experience, you know, and and he bought it. I think. Yep true and now even so much so that like spotify launched um their own hi-fi or which is or they're in the process of launching it's about to drop in the next couple of months they're doing their own hi-fi plan um that's upgrading to the prices right so you think of like when jay-z announces the title and look at where the economy was when title first dropped um it was like, oh, okay, people were not looking for that exclusivity on um, when it comes to music because with the streaming era, um, there was no more exclusivity, right? It's like, oh, the song is out. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify um, and, and SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. or So it's everywhere, right? But gone were the days where you only can get an album from a specific place, right? Remember, you can only yep. get the album, like, they would do special drops in FYE or Best Buy, and it's like, okay, I'll do a drop, but this drop is only going to feature on Title, or it's only going to be feature on Apple Music. Look, Chance the Rapper dropped Coloring Book only on Apple Music. Yeah, nah. Where was exclusivity there, you know? And, pe and people used to give him, um, they used to give him, no, they didn't give him that much shit they were okay with the fact that he did that because he was independent he forged a partnership and deal with apple music so he was able to get some money out of it so they weren't even shitting on him like that but like i know a lot of people were pissed off that they couldn't go listen to encore a hundred times on apple music anymore on spotify and that they had to buy title just to listen to jay-z's discography and that also just showed like how much juice jay had to say you know what Boom, I'm starting my own streaming service. Y'all want to listen to my music? Y'all got to pay me to listen to my music and pay me directly to do so. Absolutely. And it also happened to um, Lil Wayne. He had the free Wheezy album. It was exclusive on Tidal, um, and you could only get it there. Uh, Kanye West, Life of Pablo, when it dropped, it was exclusive on Tidal for like 20 to 25 weeks. It wasn't until he did the, uh, you know, the final version with all the edits because the original Life of Pablo, when it dropped, is different from what you would get on uh streaming services right now and the only way that he is different yeah, from what's there different, now yeah different transitions different additions of things like before the song wolves didn't have the sia and big mensa verse on the album when he first dropped the song on snl they were there but then when he dropped the album they weren't on it and then people were kind of tight so he tweeted like i'ma fix wolves and then he updated it and put sia and big mensa on it um and he, he changed, he changed, uh, he changed almost every single song. And like, even now when I listen to it, cause I've listened to life of Pablo hundreds and hundreds of times. I remember like the changes. Cause I'm like, Oh, here comes a change right now. Here comes a change right now. And so, um, and people didn't like that either. And Kanye did eventually add it to other streaming services. And that even ended up in there being a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit against Kanye. Um, but his argument his lawyers argue, which is a good argument is like, cause he said that 
Kanye also tweeted, uh, Life of Pablo will never, ever be on anything else. It'll be on title only forever. Um, and obviously he had to go back on his word because he ended up not wanting title anymore and he gave up his equity in it. Um, but then his lawyer's argument was like, oh, the album that was on other streaming services wasn't the original album. It's a different album now because of all, because all of the, the original edits. album. Um, but, uh, people were clowning Jay-Z on the terms of like, oh, this is not going to work. Um, it's not gonna, you know, uh, make money because he bought it. He actually bought it at a pretty cheap pe- uh, price. I think it was like fifty million dollars. You know, like for to buy a whole streaming service, like I think that's pretty good price. And he ended up selling a third to Sprint, like two years later, for like a hundred million dollars or like a hundred and fifty million dollars, and that pretty much tripled his profit. He tripled like what the valuation of it and was able mm-hmm. to sell thirty percent of it. And now you see him selling it to. Twitter, the majority of it, uh, for $297 million, you know, and completely, completely a success. You know, that's how you make business moves. And Jay-Z, you know, one of my inspirations of all time with his business move, selling Moet, uh, 50% of that, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible. And so like, I would never clown Jay-Z for the business moves that he'd be making. Um, and I'm sure he's had failures. I'm sure he's had failures, but the good ones. I know he's balling now. He's on that Billy move. He's going to be a billionaire. Pretty much there already. You know, he, you got to give respect where respect is due. And don't get me wrong. There's all, this is a conversation. Kanye, uh, Diddy, Jay-Z, the hip hop billionaires or whatever the case may be. They're already surpassing um, where other artists and rappers and hip-hop entrepreneurs have not reached the level you know what i mean um and i think because of the fact that hip-hop is on a verge of we're we're not far off from hip-hop turning what 50 50 years of 1979 um, I and think when it's you think about it so... 1979 so we're about eight years off yeah, from yeah. hip-hop turning 50 so we we're, we're actually getting to a point where hip-hop has uh, has been here for a very substantial period of time and we're uh, going through transitions of hip-hop and now our goats that were you know coming up young bulls are now super established and you know you think of what opportunities were created for them that they have opportunities now to create for other rappers and you know there was so many rappers and producers and hip-hop you know entrepreneurs that did not see the same op- same fate that Jay-Z has seen or Diddy or Kanye because they didn't do the same type of business moves. But you look at where everybody else is right now, everybody else is trying to do that with their money. You look at Rick Ross, you look at Drake, you look at Travis Scott. Travis Scott had more collaborations in 2020 than he had music, right? More partnerships, more opportunities, right? And you're building equity stick because look at where we are with the pandemic. We realize live touring, can shut down any second, right? You can you can drop music, but your music might not get as much play because people are at home. People listen to music when they're outside. They listen to music when they go to clubs. They listen to music when they go to events and stuff like that, uh, or when they're trans- commuting to work. But when they're not commuting, what are they listening to? They saw the streaming numbers went down. So it's like, how do you 
create longevity and make sure you still have money in your pockets and like look at opportunities like title um you look at opportunities like versus um you look at opportunities where you can have more brand partnerships and why everybody's over here trying to be an influencer tiktok star is because you got to figure out how you're going to make money and be malleable in uh ever-changing landscape of hip-hop and I, I really think about it too like yo if it wasn't for title and what Jay-Z did over there, would we be seeing more streaming services or would we be seeing like TikToks and Triller take a streaming service approach, right? You look at how people are releasing music exclusively to TikTok and Tidal and um, TikTok and Triller and platforms like that. Um, that laid the groundwork for that. The app ti like Tidal laid the groundwork for us to be able to do that. Like record labels are working in direct partnership with TikTok and and troller and stuff like that so you you look at the groundwork that we lay and the culture and how important a culture is to business and the moves that we make and it's just like we we really gotta if we're not seeing it like stepping up and seeing it now we really need to step up and see how influential we are to this country and to this world because if, if we don't we're just going to continue living in this like box of like never seeing like going outside of the box that we've already been in. Like it's, it's really time for us to step up. And Absolutely. Step and another important thing is um, because, you know, we want to own everything that we make, but there are times that you can't do everything on your own. You know, you'll see like on woke Twitter or not woke Twitter, business Twitter and um, people on the, what's that thing? What's that uh, on clubhouse? Be like, yo, you got to own everything you do. Most of these people own a hundred percent of nothing. Yeah, they own 100% of whatever they're talking about, but it's nothing at the moment. Sometimes you do have to, you know, collab with something. I'm going to give you an example. Steve Stout, uh, owner of United Masters, the company right now that is trying to put on, you know, more independent artists and having them own their masters. He just developed a partnership with Apple Music, $100 million, you know, for, for marketing, Music, for yeah. promotional mm -hmm. use, for developing artists, whatever it may be. And Steve Stout had to work his way up to there. He is actually from the 90s. He failed a bunch of times. He failed on a few record labels. I think he tried to pull out a vodka or something that failed. He did something in sports that failed. And now he's just building this United Masters at 50 years old. Um, he And he's just beginning. He believes he's just beginning. He has a great interview on The Breakfast Club that came out recently when he was talking about his partnership with Apple. And um, he was just saying that like, yo, I'm still running this, but I just got the money, you know, and I'm still gonna make sure that my artists are uh, gonna own everything that they made. Um, and it takes a pioneer like that to, to be able to create a product um, because r having a record deal is an avenue to become a star. You know, being independent is an avenue that you can choose. Mm -hmm. Joining United Masters is an avenue that you can use. But um, it's not those all a avenue might not work for everyone, you know. Um, and so it's just beautiful to see that we he knew that we need to change the way the record label industry is working again like i said pmb rock he is still on his label because he wants to buy his contract out but he is not going to have the money enough to recoup to give the that company whatever how much it the, his contract was worth um and so if i'm an artist why would i sign a, a 10 million dollar record deal if i haven't even established um i got one hit song but i don't know how long that's going to last how many more of those i can make I wouldn't, I'm not going to join a record label like an Atlantic. Um, I'm going to want to join United Masters. So I know, okay, I got this one hit song. I'm not going to lose any money. You know, I'm going to get some money. And if I 
make a second song and it flops, I'm still good. I'm still good. I'm still going to own my masters. I'm still not going to owe money to someone and then, you know, be a slave to a record label. Um, it is a dated concept, you know. I think it's just better probably to try and develop yourself, um, like the Mac Miller approach. He dropped five albums and then he signed, I think, to Def Jam or maybe it was Atlantic. I'm not sure. But it wasn't until five albums. He was independent up until then. Um, and uh, it's just... Um, Nah, Steve Stout is just a, a visionary, and I and I like I can't wait to see what what else he has for for United Masters itself because it could end up being the biggest thing as more independent artists come to fame. Yeah, and I I think there's more a lot more platforms like this that are catering to providing opportunities for artists and creators to be independent and get money and get compensated properly for their work um and you you brought up a really important part first off clubhouse there's a lot of cup, Captain, Captain Captain Captain. clubhouse we were talking about this on the drew episode we talked about this on one of the beginning episodes right but a really a true thing that I'm starting to realize, and this is me, this is what seven years come August of roundtable and working, you know, as a company, and I realized that at a young age I was so focused on having possession and ownership of something that I never really learned how to be a part of something other than what I own and what I ran, right? And when it comes down to it, sometimes you need to work on that infra infra in, in some type of infrastructure and learn the ways of the business that you're trying to get into because of the fact that there are certain lessons that you need to learn. And seven years in in the game, I've learned a lot of lessons across, uh, uh, during that timeline, but I also realized that I missed out on a lot of opportunities for me and my personal development, right? The business grew and opportunities came, but my personal development in the process, I stunted my growth a little bit because I was so focused on having ownership of this company or the next company or doing this and trying to flaunt that entrepreneurship. And don't get me wrong. This show, Mogul Talk Podcast, is literally a canvas for entrepreneurs to, to share their trials and triumphs on the road to becoming the moguls of tomorrow, right? That's the tagline we came up with. But the truth in fact, everybody is not going to be an entrepreneur. Right. And that's a true conversation that we have, need to have, because we as a culture has fetishized um, ownership and saying, yeah, we all want our 40 acres and a mule. But also, some people can work and we can be a part of things and help build structure and create longevity without all of us wanting to be entrepreneurs because then if everybody's an entrepreneur then exactly, who's working yeah. right if everybody's trying to be a mogul who's doing the work nobody's going to be doing the work so it really makes me think about you know how important it is to kind of take that step back to take that step back and have a sense of humility and Think about like, hey, you know what? I need to be, you know, hands on the ground. I'm not trying to be so focused on being a boss because being a boss doesn't mean anything if you don't have uh, true ownership of anything, right? And you look at all these entrepreneurs and creators that have done things in the past few years. A lot of those businesses have flopped. A lot of businesses have failed. Um, and then suddenly they're not an entrepreneur anymore. They're moving on to the next thing. But true entrepreneurs are those people who fail, fail, fail keep trying until something is successful and that's what makes them successful and we think about this me and you have talked about this so many times on the podcast you look at 
Kendrick Lamar didn't get on until he was 27. J. Cole, same thing. Jay, same thing. We look at, even in a hip-hop, like, we look at all these, like, young rappers, and I think for our generation, like, you look at a pro era Joey Badass group, um, that whole team of like young, um, odd future, young rappers that have been on since they were 15, 16, and then they're just now hitting 26, 27, and they've been deep in the game. And then everybody in our generation feels like they're so behind because they did it at such a young age. And it's like nobody's behind here, not in rap, not in hip hop, not in life. Like we're all here for a certain amount of time. And if like, you know, the sudden passing of our family members and friends and even celebrities, you look at DMX, look at Kobe, there were people who had like full careers, um, people who really lived full lives and or some people who still haven't lived full lives that life really caught up to them really fast. And that was it for them. Right. And we think that we haven't reached the pinnacle of, of our level of success because somebody else did it. And we're so focused on other people's timelines. Absolutely, man. Jay-Z said it best. Uh, first album, 26, I ain't need no deal. Um, and that's some words that I always live by. I always said, yo, I'm about to drop my first album at 26. Never happened, but it's all good. Yo, I'm telling you, Christmas R&B album produced by Julian coming soon. Uh, it's about to be lit. It's about to be lovemaking all holiday long. But, yo, um... we've been saying this for like five years. <laughs> five years. Now, nah, I'm going to wait till I'm 30 and drop a uh, Five years. This Christmas R&B album. <laughs> Nah, man, but um, thirty-year-old rapper. I mean, it, I I just couldn't. I wouldn't be able to. You know, honestly, though, like we wouldn't be able to do it, like you know, because like there's like artists, Fivio Foreign, um, who uh, made uh, what song did he make? Uh, uh now I can't think of. But he's a Brooklyn drill drill artist, and he's uh said he was like twenty-three, but he's actually like thirty-two. But he's making like you know kid music. And that's all right, but, you know, if you're a 30-year-old rapper, I think you got to, like, try and make something about, like, life or something conscious or something where that where you're describing what how your life has gone and then apply it to, and put it in words so everybody can relate, much like a Kendrick does, you know. Kendrick is the GOAT, or Jay-Z, one of the GOAT rappers ever. Um, that's, that's for rapping specifically. Unless you're, like, a producer and artist that can make, like, timeless music, that's what I think the avenue for a typical rapper should be. Um, Besides that, um, one thing that I want when you when you brought up that yo it took um, uh, round you know seven years of roundtable, uh, you know and it's still developing to this day and it will become something even greater in the future. Uh, cryptocurrency, you know, when that came to be, people wasn't jacking it. They were like, yo, it's not going to be a thing. It's just a fad. Um, it's just a niche thing. Like the only thing that cryptocurrency is good for is for buying drugs online. Um, and now 10, 12 years later, you got Coinbase, an app that is going to, it's just the easiest way to buy cryptocurrency. But now you have other ways like Cash App, you could buy you could buy Bitcoin on Robinhood. Um, but Coinbase is gonna open up in the stock market at a potentially $100 billion value, um, which is like astronomical. And that will begin to legitimize cryptocurrency, you know, something that probably will happen there, the time will more like more than likely come where we won't use cash anymore um if you go to china they don't use any cash they use um china pay which and if you go like my boy tony my roommate he mm. told me he went to china um on his and he was there for a layover to go to bali he has some chinese cash 
and when he went to go buy something they looked at him like he was dumb and then they had to just go to the back took like 15 minutes to like get the change and um pretty much okay and then gave him change but it was like what the heck everybody they're just used to trying to pay and uh, that's what we're probably going to end up going to and cryptocurrency with coinbase becoming legitimate like that that's pretty much what the future is going to be um i'm not an investor in cryptocurrency not because i don't want to i just slack i'm still slacking you still could because bitcoin just hit his all-time high again of sixty-three thousand per share um but uh it is, it is the future. It is the future. Whether it be Bitcoin, whether it be Dogecoin, whether it be Akon coin, which is what he's going to be using in Senegal. Um, we, uh, it's, it's going to be a legitimate thing. And you may find something that, okay, it might not be as legitimate at the moment, but it can grow into something uh, bigger. And that's with anything, with any product, with any company, with any person, us, you know, we're growing every day, learning, learning new things every day. And we still aren't at our final form, whether and that's the same thing with a with a company. It's not at their final form if the execution is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. You know, um, it it brings me to that movie um with Justin Timberlake. I don't know if it's called Timeless or something. I don't uh, know. Some shit like that. But, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. Uh, it's a movie with Justin Timberlake, and he is. Uh, living in a world where like your currency is the time on your life and um, you want to have more experiences and do more things you gotta spend your time of your life and that's like how you do it um, it's really crazy to think that we're li moving to this world don't get me wrong I feel like you know the currency of the dollar is really annoying because it can be have so much weight here and other countries not have any weight right um or other countries it has a lot of weight um but you think about it it's still the same dollar that we're making here um and i would love to see a universal currency that we can use across the world like why who are we to determine like oh just because you're an african nature nation that you can't have like we can't have the shared currency across the world like whether you're a third world country um or a country like america you know whatever i mean but um i think we got to start kind of preparing ourselves because we're moving into this completely digital age like you know trains in here in new york they're completely about to move away from the um metro card um it's all going to be virtual on your phone you're going to just tap and get on public transportation um the same thing goes for you go in the airport your ticket is on your phone you pay with apple pay you pay with samsung pay whatever your thing is your bank is all remote like it's all you know like i think of monopoly like um millennial monopoly with like the debit cards and stuff like that like we're literally moving into that crazy age where like cash is becoming obsolete and i people would say that the pandemic is to blame but i also just think that the pandemic just heightened things and sped up the process much faster absolutely i mean i went to a restaurant on Saturday here in LA called Stella Barra and right smack on the front of its uh, menu it says cashless restaurant you know they don't want to accept any cash they either want Apple Pay or use your debit card um, and here in LA in New York I've noticed I don't know about now I haven't been there in six months but in New York I had noticed that a lot of places still will just take only cash but here in LA the Mexican guy selling hot dogs on the corner accepts Apple Pay it's crazy like everybody everywhere um, the only person who's accepting cash is dispensaries, and that's just because they aren't federally, like, uh, what's the word, federally um, 
uh, I forgot what the word is. Um, not mandated federally. Um, when something is regulated, federally, federally regulated, regulated, federally regulated, and so uh, that they have to accept cash only. And if you do pay with your debit card, they'll just charge you a three dollar fee because it's actually just like an ATM transaction. But they have like a little terminal, but it's still considered an ATM withdrawal. And it, like if your product was forty five was forty three dollars, mm-hmm. they'll act like they took out forty five and they'll give you two dollars back. Um and so uh everywhere in LA it's pretty much cashless. Like some will accept it, but there's a, so many, so many spots that be like, nah, debit card, what are you talking about? And so it is already happening. Um and cryptocurrency will uh fuel that need for having a universal currency. Um because trust me, when we if we go to Europe, that dollar is weak as hell but if we go to colombia we'll be living like kings um and uh but the time will come yeah that's so crazy yeah it is crazy man it is crazy and one of the things is just buying the flight um but my dad even says like why did you move to la you should have moved to colombia you would have been living like a king working from home like paying like 300 dollars a month for rent and then you could do whatever the hell you want and i was like yo you're right i should have i mean you should have. I mean, but also at the same time, like, you know, new experiences, like, that's the same way, like, there's so many people here in New York that are working remote because office buildings and places are closed, right, in the city, um, but they're still paying New York rent or mortgage and taxes and stuff like that because of the fact that, you know, some a part of them doesn't want to leave, you know? Absolutely. They, like, and if that's the whole thing, right? this whole migration of people who are moving south to Georgia and all the people who are moving to the suburbs, like you, 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 you do that. And the quality of living just totally changes. Like it's not nah, what you're it's used a culture to, shock. You know? It's culture. And I, and I've lived those culture shocks. Like when I first went to Wisconsin, you know, I went, I went to college in Appleton, Wisconsin. So I went from the big apple to the little apple, completely different, you know, completely different. It was one of the first places where people didn't know I was Hispanic. Like they would just assume that I was black right away. And that was a shock to me as well. Cause I had never lived that, you know, living in New York. And so it's, uh, uh, it is crazy. Like people who are going to move out, even coming to LA, it was a culture shock, you know, like different type of weather. Everybody just goes hiking. Everybody's in yoga pants. Um, and, but it's dope. It's dope. I can't, I can't say, but everybody has to take that leap. Sometimes, you know, they want to, they got to want to try something new and i'm happy i made that decision because i will come back to new york one day like it's gonna be it's my city until i die um but when like kanye says like my may back in ny but it's still got the cali plates like i'll just be back and forth it ain't nothing that's a fact um but i think that's a perfect place for us to end um i want to say thank you guys for listening and watching on the youtube space um, this has been another great episode of Mogul Talk Podcast. Um, if you haven't done so already, tap into our previous episodes. Um, you can check out our episode uh, with featured guest Kami Gomez, um, featured guest uh, Drew DeLeon, um, and listen to some of our older episodes. Uh, uh, fuck me. Uh, we'll... I messed up. All right. All right. Pick it up from there. We also had uh, we also had yeah, you just Simone. Uh, we had Tiffany Patrice, aka Nomadic. Um, so we've had a bunch of guests uh, on the on the platform, and we're we're gonna have more coming soon. Um, and so please, yeah, just tap in, check us out. 
Yeah. Um, I think right now this is one of our best episodes that we recorded, especially since it's just us dolo. And so we're just going to keep, keep getting better and continue to deliver the case studies um, of like, you know, our, you know, inspirations, AKA Jay-Z, AKA Swiss Beats, um, AKA uh, Steve Stout or any other, any other mogul that uh, continues to make those business moves. Kanye West, any other entrepreneur. And that's what we we need to do. We need to deliver that, those case studies to show that the proof is in the pudding. Um, And that's how we, that's how we learn more. And that's how we do it. Yeah. You do the work. Um, I go by the name of church, you know, it's, I go by the name of King Jules. And like I said before, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, this has been another great episode of Mogul Talk. Much love. Peace to you all. Peace. Follow us on Instagram at Mogul Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Mogul Talk Pod. Be sure to find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or Stitcher. Look us up in your search tab by typing in Mogul Talk. Thanks to our friends over at Anchor.fm, we're now able to accept listener support. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, head to our website at anchor.fm slash podcast and hit the Become a Supporter tab. From there, you can support the podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes as low as a dollar per month. We thank you and appreciate you in advance. Until next time, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay woke.